battled heavily with anxiety. We're talking to the point where I wouldn't leave my house at some points. I, I didn't want to drive on the freeway. I was so consumed with the what if, the, the what if of fear, the what if this, what if that. And I began to believe that I could have control over what could go wrong by worrying. And that's all worry is. I, I, I like to say this now, though I still have the tendency in my flesh to lean towards fear or anxiety. That doesn't mean I'm not delivered. I may have moments of anxiety, but anxiety never has me. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'd like to give a really warm welcome to David Diga Hernandez. David, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed by all the stuff that you do. You're an evangelist, you're an author, you're a healing minister, the host of Encounter TV, and you found time to write a book, 25 Truths About Demons and Spiritual Warfare. How, how do you fit all that into your ministry? Well, it's all just one focus, and that is winning souls and focusing on Jesus and focusing on the gospel message, and everything else just naturally follows off of that progressively. And so I think that as long as you keep that focus, you're able to do everything that God wants you to do. Now, you, I know that you primarily focus on healing ministry, but this new book is all about demons and spiritual warfare. What, what inspired you to go in that direction? Well, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we see that there's a connection made between healing and the riddance of demonic oppression. So Jesus was able to heal all who were oppressed by the devil. And so I see a very strong connection between the healing ministry and the casting out of demons. I don't think necessarily that that is to become a primary focus. I think that's something that all believers should be able to do in aid to their efforts to spread the gospel everywhere. And so the healing anointing really covers it all. It covers not just the healing of your body, not just the healing of your mind, not just the healing of your marriage and relationships. It covers even this area of deliverance, the healing of the soul. And I believe that every single believer can walk in this anointing, this power. It's not about how gifted you are. It's not about how intelligent you are. It's not about how charismatic you are. It's about how surrendered you are to the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to be effectively surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Like, how can I pursue that in my life? Well, it's surrendering those areas of the heart that we've yet to give to Him. You know, I've heard often people say that they gave all of themselves to Jesus when they got saved, but this isn't necessarily true. The truth is that we surrender our will at salvation, and we spend the rest of our lives surrendering everything else. And surrendering to the Holy Spirit is found in daily hearing His voice, living in a constant awareness of His presence. The truth is that the Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus more real to you than you've ever known possible. And so it's walking in this fellowship, this friendship with the Holy Spirit, that cultivates this inner life, that cultivates this place of true and deep spirituality, that causes you to be aware of Him and His presence and His desires and the things that grieve Him. And when we walk in that sort of awareness in a moment-by-moment basis, we're actually able to involve Him in everything that we do, whether it be something big or something small. And so that naturally overflows into the 
to walking in the presence of the Holy Spirit, to having the power of God in your life, because the key to the power of God is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when we spend time in that fellowship, it puts us in a place to where we're able to heal the sick, we're able to experience His presence, we're able to minister the gospel, and we're able to cast out devils with ease, not with struggle, not with effort, not with, uh, you know, striving and putting all of this exhaustion upon ourselves. It's very easy to drive out demons when you're walking with the Lord. Yeah, so that that brings me to one of my big questions I wanted to ask then. So when we're fighting demons or demonic attacks in our lives, how do, how do we do that practically? Because I think we can we can think through how to solve our physical problems using physical force, but how do we solve these spiritual problems? Right, well, first I have to make a distinction, and I make this distinction in the book, um, that the struggle against demonic powers differs between the believer and the unbeliever. How we battle and combat demonic beings varies because how they're able to attack us varies. The demonic powers are very limited on how they can attack the believer. However, they still can attack the believer, so it's important to find that balance where we're not looking for you know, a way out of spiritual warfare and we're not looking to obsess over it. Uh, but really, a spiritual battle... I think you said it best just right now that you know we're more, sometimes we know how to physically fight our battles, we know how to physically do things that affect our everyday physical, earthly circumstances, but we're not really quite sure what exactly we do. The, the practical, applicable truths that we can put into practice immediately that will begin to set us free in our spiritual life. And I think the analogy of light is is best. I mean, Jesus used light often as an analogy, and. We cannot fight darkness with physical effort. You can only fight darkness with, with light. And so the same goes for deception, because as it comes to the believer, when it comes to how the enemy attacks the believer specifically, it primarily, not only, but primarily has to do with deception. Deception is the foundation of almost every demonic assault against the believer's self. The practical battle looks like the struggle to believe what God has said about us or our circumstance over what the enemy has spoken to us. So deception, fighting that deception, is the practical battle. You know, we have the shield of faith. We have the sword of the Spirit. The shield of faith is called the shield of faith because only when we have faith in what God has said does it shield us from the fiery darts of the enemy. So that that battle against what the enemy is trying to speak to us, that battle against not only what the enemy is speaking, but what the flesh also makes us feel, what the flesh tries to get us to think, and those three work in conjunction with each other. We are battling that very real but very practical everyday battle to believe the Word of God. This is why the Scripture says that the Holy Spirit uh, causes us to cry, Abba, Father. It is His greatest work to get us to identify with God as our Father, because it is His greatest work to get us to believe the truth. He convinces us of the truth. He reveals the truth. He reminds us of the truth. And so we're caught in this battle, this fight of faith, not to fight necessarily against sin, that's part of it, not to fight necessarily against demonic things, that's part of it, but to fight just to have faith, and that is the battle. 
Now, you said the vast majority of these supernatural attacks oftentimes come on believers from deception. What do you find are some of the most common deceptions that believers fall prey to? Well, I, I, I think that the most common, one of the most common deceptions, first of all, is accusation. Accusation is when the enemy gets you to believe lies about your past, and he basically is able to convince you to think and feel according to what you've done, as opposed to according to what the Scripture says. I mean, I'll list the primary attacks, and these attacks are categorically speaking the primary attacks. Most attacks that you can list that are demonic or deceptions that you can list uh, can fall under one of these categories. So again, this is categorically speaking, though there is still room, scripturally speaking, for more. It's accusation, even lies based upon yourself or your past. It's temptation. Uh, these are lies based upon the goodness or so-called goodness of sin. It's distraction. Uh, these are lies based upon the goodness of worldly pleasure. It's intimidation. Uh, these are lies based upon the devil's ability. Uh, or depression, which is lies based upon almost anything. I mean, anything that can cause someone to be depressed. Now, uh, depression can be caused by demonic powers, but not all depression is necessarily demonic in its root. Um, demons work in a very nuanced way with the way we think and feel and act. And whereas one demonic power might seek to influence somebody through a thought, Another demonic power might seek to influence someone through an emotion or an action that they took, and it's not necessarily linear. They jump all over the place, which is why it can be so confusing and difficult to navigate through the various assaults of the enemy and identify where the root is and ultimately defeat it. So do you have any examples in your own life of times that you struggled with one of these deceptions or with a demonic attack, and how did you ultimately overcome that? Uh, for me, it was uh, heavily um, an, an assault of intimidation, and people might better understand this or recognize the name uh, by anxiety. I battled heavily with anxiety. We're talking to the point where I wouldn't leave my house at some points. I, I didn't want to drive on the freeway. I was so consumed with the what if, the, the what if of fear, the what if this, what if that, and I began to believe that I could have control over what could go wrong by worrying. And that's all worry is. Worry is a useless attempt at control. And we think that if we can think about something or obsess about something enough, that we can somehow prevent it or control the outcome. But that's not the truth. Jesus said, don't worry about anything. So I, I, I like to say this now, though I still have the tendencies in my flesh to lean toward fear or anxiety, that doesn't mean I'm not delivered. I may have moments of anxiety, but anxiety never has me. And there was a point when anxiety had me, and I ultimately overcame it by fighting that thought. The Scripture says we cast down imagination, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The Scripture tells us to think on things that are lovely and pure, to set our mind on the things that are above. The proverb says that as a man thinks, so is he. The Scripture gives us a lot of insight into the thoughts that we have. And so I began to set my mind on the Word of God. Now, this is easier said than done, as the cliche would hold it. But the truth is, and I'm not trying to be insensitive to anyone's circumstance, the truth is, it really is a matter of how you think. I remember I became frustrated with myself because I was being attacked. Not only in the, my flesh was able to tend toward... Uh, 
anxiety, but demonic beings would agitate that by suggesting things, and that's what they do. They can speak to the believer in the mind. And so I'm hearing all of these suggestions, these thoughts. I would have nightmares. I would wake up. The enemy would tell me, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to take your life. And I would have to rebuke that very boldly. Um, but but it, was a, it was a struggle, because some days I would do very well. I would, I would believe the Word of God, and, and then my mind would naturally wander back toward, but what if? You know, I'll never leave thee nor forsake ye, but what if? I'll never, you know, I have plans to prosper you, a good future for you. And I would hold on to that, and then I would go back to, but what if? And so they always try to drag you back to that place. One of the most startling truths about demonic powers is that they return. So it was this back and forth for a while, and it takes consistency, it's long-term, it's practice, it's discipline, and it's meditation upon the Word of God. But ultimately, you can overcome any attack that the enemy throws against you. That's a great perspective, and I'm sure that's going to be very encouraging to our listeners at home. I know I, I too, have struggled with anxiety and fear in my past, and it's difficult to overcome, but it is you are able to overcome it through Christ. Absolutely, and, and just one thing, I mean, since we're on the, the, the topic of anxiety, that, 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 I don't think anything happens by accident. That, that's the flow of the Spirit. I truly believe there's somebody listening right now who struggles with anxiety, and you're so discouraged because you've been struggling with it for so long that you don't think it's possible. And you've told yourself, I've tried everything before. But here's the thing, is it takes a long time to have faithfulness. You can't have faithfulness in a matter of minutes, hours, days, or weeks, or even months. It takes years to have faithfulness. So when you overcome an assault of the enemy, you can't do well consistently. And this isn't a rebuke, this is an encouragement, because you're going to find that you didn't actually try, and that's more of an encouragement than anything, because then there's hope again, well, maybe I can go back and do it. There's two weeks of victory, and then another week where you allow yourself to think in the form of anxiety. Um, and then you go back and forth, but when you learn to consistently do it day-to-day, moment-by-moment, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find that the truth will set you free. Jesus is not a liar. He said, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You have to get into the truth, and the truth has to get into you. And so you continually, and this goes for every attack, back on the subject of all the other attacks, this goes for every demonic attack, it's based on deception. And it takes a, it takes a while to get out of the habit of thinking in cooperation with the deception of the enemy, because sometimes our emotions or our own thinking will endorse the deception of the enemy, and it takes time to come out of that, uh, especially, again, touching on anxiety. We go to that what-if, then we have victory for a moment. We go, no, but this is the truth. I'm fine. And then we slowly drift back to that, but what if? And it's that drifting back to that what-if that we need to control, uh, not just with temptation, but accusation, uh, not just with anxiety, but with depression, with distraction. It's that drifting of the mind. And the way we keep our mind solid and fixed on the things of Christ is to keep them fixed on the majestic, the lovely countenance of Christ. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal Jesus with such revelation. He vivifies, he magnifies, he glorifies the Savior. He makes Jesus real. And when we focus our hearts on the Word, Jesus is the Word, we find peace we find stillness, we find deliverance. Well, David, I have really enjoyed talking to you today, and I'm really enjoying this conversation. If I or any listeners want to get more information on this topic from you, where can I find your book? Where can I find you online? Well, you can find more information on, on the ministry at davidhernandezministries.com. But I encourage the listener, if they want to get the book, the, the faster shipping and, and, and all of that is available through Amazon.com 
They have barnesandnoble.com. Uh, you can also go into Barnes & Noble in the store, get the book, uh, 25 Truths About Demons and Spiritual Warfare. You can also visit the Charisma House website, and they have the book there on the on the website. Um, I actually recommend getting it directly from the publisher. And, you know, you, you go, you get it, you study it, and I, I truly believe the book will bless your life. Would you mind praying us out today? Pardon? Would you mind praying us out today? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray right now for that one listening, Lord, who is in a place where they're crying out for freedom. Jesus, we call upon your name. And I pray right now, Lord, that your healing presence would begin to overwhelm that one listening. I pray in the name of Jesus that the truth might be revealed and the truth would set them free. I pray for peace. I pray for joy. I pray for comfort in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to David Diga Hernandez on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. We live in dangerous times, a time in which a person could be attacked by terrorists while watching a concert or sipping a latte at his favorite cafe, a time in which an epidemic from one country could spread to another through a single traveler, a time in which earthquakes, floods, and other calamities seem to be happening all too often. But there is good news for the believer. In his newest book, international best-selling author Joseph Prince shares how God has already given us the answers to live protected from danger and harm with Psalm 91, his powerful prayer of protection. It is through Psalm 91 that we and our families can find safety and deliverance for every snare of the enemy. By reading his new book, you will learn how to live fearlessly in these dangerous times. Get your copy of The Prayer of Protection by Joseph Prince and experience the blessings found in Psalm 91. Published by FaithWords, available wherever books are sold. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.